I will set the zeitgeist straight. The movie has too much of the cast in it. Man, I'm saddled with Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> the world's most uncharismatic actor. <laughs> but it has no poetry. That's not what this is about. The so. problem was when the hero started facing adversity. Get off your soapbox, Laura Dern. <laughs> I want to square off on this guy at a dinner party. The music was thick. So far, you have not dazzled me. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Off The Mark, good chat on bad takes of great movies. I'm Dave Columbo. I'm Mick Andrews. And once again, we have our special, fabulous, amazing guest, Trevor Ford, everybody. Hey fellas, how are you as my dogs cheer for me as I <laughs> They're That's excited. That's an right there. I have Thank you guys so much for having me back. What you said last episode, I have thought about literally a hundred times already, and that is the idea of like a perfect movie being um one in which it achieves what it's setting out to do i so think what makes you feel the way it wants you to feel right yeah. that is yeah. apps a hundred percent like like i've never articulated that way but that's absolutely uh come up in my head like a hundred times isn't that yeah isn't that fantastic i think about that all the time now that was like my friend told me that at a wedding like a year ago yeah. and it completely changes the way you watch movies and there are so many movies now that ha i not had not thought about it that way that now i'm like oh this is a perfect movie because not mm -hmm. every movie is swinging for the fence to win every oscar you know yeah. like and that's not the point of the movie and yeah. it just really made me look at things differently but let's real quick uh this is a fabulous podcast where we are enamored by uh, the people that got it wrong. You know, those IMDb scores that are just not quite the Rotten Tomatoes. The, the one person who gave it a rotten of the greatest movies of all time are everybody's favorite movies. Who who was like, you know, <laughs> I thought it wasn't very good. So we uh, decided to start like a podcast where we kind of talk about those reviews and try to figure out what the hell. And of course, at the end, we, we all change our mind on on all of our favorite movies and realize that they were right. Um, so we are, this is part two of our episode four of Star Wars uh, episode, because you know how it is. Like you start talking Star Wars, it's like, oh, you 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 have thoughts on The Phantom Menace? And then you black out and you wake up and it's an hour and a half later. <laughs> yes. But um, but so yeah, so we're, we're about, we're, we're a little bit in and um, Basically, where we left off is apparently Star Wars Episode Four is a is a big steaming pile of garbage, and it, it uh, robbed someone of their sense of wonder. Yeah, yeah, not just didn't yeah. have wonder, but like you'll feel cheated, like there's less wonder in the world after you That's see Star Wars. Unbelievable. Mick said something uh, in the last episode that I've been thinking about a lot, which you worded so perfectly, which is the decadence of going wrong next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing that, that I, I I have articulated on this podcast in grunts and groans and angry shouts, but I, I feel like I want to try to put it to words. Everybody is wrong sometimes, and everybody is not the best at their job and you're having an off day. But when you're so off that you are literally saying, um, I tell you what won't stand the test of time, this Star Wars movie. When, when you are, like, accepting a paycheck after having said, I tell you what doesn't have any wonder, this thing called Star Wars, I, I need retribution. I need... I, I need, am owed something, I sir. I am owed the public <laughs> apology. Like, it, I, 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 it, am I wrong where it's like, this goes beyond just like, uh, you, 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 weren't, you were off the mark on this. This gets into territory where it's like, the the history has has literally handed you how wrong you are well and that's why i love mick the you know the last one that we did they went back and found that guy yeah 40 yeah. years later to be like what do you think now and he was like no no, no change then all of sci-fi <laughs> he was like i don't get sci-fi yeah. i didn't get it then i thought star wars sucked in 1977 and i stand by that and i Almost respect that more. I think I do respect that I more. I 100% than, do. Yeah, then if he had be been like, like, oh, no, actually, I wasn't. Here's my worldview. For whatever reason, this newspaper has decided to let me be the tastemaker for movies. And so 
I'm going to stand by what I think is good and yeah. bad, and you all was, can deal with it. Yeah. Like, still like, you, know, you know what? I don't care for it. Like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. a fine line like you're entitled to an opinion about things. But I think what bugs me the most about like what we read on the show, it's not necessarily the fact that you're you call out a movie for not being any good. It's two things. It's calling out a movie for like saying a movie is bad because it wasn't what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. That's different from a movie being objectively like poorly executed and badly made and terribly edited or not properly written but to just be like i'm not a big fan of sci-fi and this is sci-fi so it's not going to be good uh right that's that's i i take issue with that and the second thing is offering zero constructive criticism is the hallmark of a bad review that we've seen on just about every episode here where they just go like like i'm sure this will appeal to x y and z but for those of us with real brains we'll take a pass it's yeah. like right what, what does that right. mean like explain why you don't like this movie and what would have been better or like how to improve upon a movie like this or like how to you know if you're not a sci-fi guy how do you make a sci-fi movie palatable for someone like you yeah. that's a great article i would love to read that review um why why is star wars not your cup of tea don't just say it's not and therefore like the fact that i have not enjoyed it is itself a condemnation of this movie let's uh let's hop back in here sure yeah when we when we last left our intrepid reviewers where were we i'm fine fine. are we going back into the same one that we left oh you better believe it baby oh you better believe it oh my god we're picking up right where we left off all right all oh right. my god. Uh, open heart, okay. open mind, open heart. I don't gonna, know if I'm ready to be this angry this early in the morning. It's 8 30 a.m. in the West Coast. People are oh Jesus, Trevor. I'm so sorry. I, about <laughs> I haven't even had I haven't had breakfast. I haven't oh, had no. yet. <laughs> oh, now let's you gonna, this is gonna completely destroyed ruin your day you're gonna walk around with a chip on your shoulder as if daylight savings hasn't already put me in a bad enough mood (laughs) right what's up with trevor uh he talked about star wars this morning he's gonna be (laughs) muttering under his breath for the rest of the day uh okay so i think we're around here so i'm just gonna jump in strip star wars of its often striking images and its highfalutin scientific jargon and you get a story characters and dialogue of overwhelming banality without even a future cast to them human beings anthropoids or robots you could probably find them all more or less like that in downtown la today Certainly the mentality and values of the movie can be duplicated in third-rate non-science of any place or period. What are you talking about? I think that sentence is literally saying this movie could be just as bad and not be a sci-fi movie and I'd probably like it more. (laughs) Wait, is that what it's saying? Certainly the mentality and values of the movie can be duplicated in third-rate non-science of any place or period. The mentality. Well, the values, I mean, the values are pretty, you know, it's the Nazis, right? Like it's, it's, it's good. uh, Sure. You know, that's like also the Magnificent Seven or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, But the mentality is the one that I kind of get stuck. Like, what is the mentality of Star Wars that it can, that can be replicated in a third rate, like a third rate non space opera? Keep in mind, this is like also like the first part of that paragraph was also like if you strip everything unique and everything interesting and all the interesting visuals You're and the character work, on a page. And the, you know, <laughs> like like then what's left could be a different move like like yeah i mean it is it is what you're saying like like were you watching yeah. the the tr- the trench run going like just show the dog fighting world war ii newsreels like we don't need to see this right we don't need to see the x-wings superimposed on on what was you yeah. know clearly just a, a bomber yeah strip this of everything that makes it unique and it's like everything else yeah, that's but, exactly like, but, what they're saying. But shouldn't the mindset always be, <laughs> I am writing this review to be read by somebody deciding whether or not I'm going to go see this movie. Person sitting at the dinner ta- the breakfast table, you know, opening the, the newspaper like, oh, the new Star Wars is out or the first Star Wars is out. The... The idea that you're that you're getting this convoluted in your 
assessment of whether or not you should go see this movie is like, yes, if you, I mean, cool. There's, there's things in there that are going to make you go, wow, I've never seen that before. But if you take those out, then what's left could conceptually also exist in another movie. Like, who's listening to this person? Right. It's- also, there's just like, explain to me how you would take out take the sci-fi strip the sci-fi and the striking images out of the scene in which the death star blows up a planet like how do you turn that into a non-science fiction and also the and also the ending like how do you how do you explode the death star and yeah how do you do the trench run in a normal non-sci-fi world Blow it's... up Nakatomi Plaza, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. If you wow. take a, okay. if you could, if you were to take this Death Star and put it in the Fox Studio backlot, and then have Bruce Willis jump off the top instead of having Luke shoot a thing, it's basically the same ending. Those two movies. <laughs> and I like the idea that he's he's literally predicting Die Hard before the movie <laughs> yeah. even came out. Strip Die Hard of what it is, uh, you know, a hostage scene, a hostage situation with a with a hero cop, and what you, what you're left with is Reginald Vell johnson just trying to get through his shift uh, right before christmas <laughs> right like, it's just an office christmas party with a rude yeah. guest <laughs> uh okay uh uh oh dull new world <laughs> stop stop it okay reviewers stop it with the exclamation points like we don't <laughs> that phrase so is that phrase uh is annotated with the with the future writer or the the writer in the future rather saying we are, of course, not actually in a dull new world. <laughs> Thank you. Any, Thank you. Any art form or potential art form, which sometimes is only an entertainment form, does not ever quite go out of fashion or cease to exist. Even in literature, only the epic has bitten the dust and everything else continues. There will be certain forms of film that will be preferred at certain times and other forms that will be preferred at other times. And there will always be that kind of divergence. Just say you were wrong. Just admit that you were wrong. You don't have to go like, but if you think about it, in three, four hundred years, like... I mean, he's also, he's writing that in... Writing that in 2017. 2017. Yeah. yeah. It says that the epic is dead. I feel like he's wrong about that, too. <laughs> he's wrong about that, too. Uh, like at Game yeah. of Thrones. Like, the like or, middle or... of Game of Thrones. It's just, he's doubling down. Yeah. And he's just Doom. like, you know what's not good? Doom. Ice yeah. cream. Nobody uh, <laughs> eats ice cream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how, it's, he's trying to, he's trying Stop to be. Stop weighing even... in on things. <laughs> he's trying to be even more wrong to hide the fact that he was wrong about star wars like what's something that'll throw them off my scent well and i love the line uh certain genres will be preferred at certain times because like you know it is true that like you never see like a 90s whimsical comedy like liar liar made right like those are kind of out of fashion or like you know we're, we're in this era of like people are kind of over superhero movies now after 13 years of absolutely dominating our lives. But like sci-fi pretty consistently, like they started making them in 1915 and they've not stopped making them. So like, that's, you know, that's definitely one genre in which people are not sick of. But what this tells me is this tells me is that this guy doesn't even acknowledge flashpoints in culture and in art. Yeah. He doesn't even acknowledge the moments that change things because, of course, it's going to evolve in three, four hundred years. Of course, Disney will still be making Star Wars. But like like whatever it is will have changed and there will have been three or four more huge tentpole moments that changed everything forever. But the fact that. He said what he said in the 70s, and now in 2017, he's like, you know, nothing lasts forever. Like, yeah, like well, you, you can't just, even it's, acknowledge it's like things the thing come and that, go. That, like, yeah, that this movie was disruptive. Everything. This movie and was you disruptive. Just, like, and, right. you just, and you just said it yourself, Dave. In 300 years, they're still going to be making Star Wars movies. Like, it's, it, it is the, like I said, it is the black hole at the center of the pop culture galaxy, that which everything else orbits around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait. Salacious Crumb, the motion picture. Yeah, and we'll be and I and if I'm hopefully uh, have had my consciousness transferred into a bionic body that I can uh, my consciousness will go on forever. Um, I will be there opening night. Like that's I'll be there. Yeah. that's the miracle of Star Wars more than anything else to me is like we could talk for hours about how bad 
and frustrating and infuriating so much of it is. And yet, as soon as the as soon as the credits rolled on Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I hated this. It has ruined so much of what I love about this. Also, when's the next one? Mm-hmm. Right. Because the the concept is so beautiful, the the potential when you sit down and you see in a long time a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and those lights go down, the potential for how much good can come infinite possibility keeps me coming back over and over yeah. and over and over and over. Yeah, and even even the stuff that people don't like, the the movies that you hate, you still watch. Like, yeah. it, it's tough to look away i always think of like especially star wars star wars more than anything reminds me of uh the simpsons comic book guy going worst movie ever i will only watch it 23 more times today like that's yep that's exactly what it is i i even when i don't like what they put out i'm gonna watch it more than once i'm gonna take it in again and again i want to figure out why i hated it i also want to figure out if there's anything redemptive i that's why I, i saw force awakens seven times yeah, mm-hmm. you just got to pick it apart. You got to figure it out. Uh, Odell New World. We are treated to a galactic civil war, assorted heroes and villains, a princely maiden in distress, a splendid old man surviving from an extinct order of knights who possessed a mysterious power called the Force. And it is all as exciting as last year's weather reports. What are you talking about? <laughs> You can't just say the fun things about a thing and assume that we're also reading it in your ho-hum attitude. You you just said, like, galactic civil war, like ancient race of warrior monks and a mysterious force, and be like, you know, you know. I think he just really enjoyed the phrase, it's all as exciting as last year's weather reports. Yep. I think yeah. he had that locked and loaded in a notebook yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I gotta get it in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> more like insert your darlings wherever you can um, <laughs> rather more can be said of the two robots that steal the show <laughs> one humanoid british accented and with an edward everett horton persona the other a kind of mobile electronic trash can all nervous beeps and hearty bloops waddling along in vintage mickey rooney style okay so that connected Obje- yeah. objectively objectively correct <laughs> Yeah, objectively correct. And also, I think, incredibly telling that this guy relates the most to the robots of this movie that are doing that are doing basically an old vaudeville stick. Like, right. Alec Guinness is staring off listlessly and saying, like, before the dark times, before the Empire. And they're like, bring back the trash can. Yeah. I mean, they they could have inserted Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin like. In as three uh, yeah. as three PO yeah. and R two, they get that's and the guy he's like, oh, I get this, yeah, yeah. I this. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I relate. Oh, an Abbott and Costello in space, cool. Let's yeah. do it. Oh, got it. <laughs> I recognize this. <laughs> there are glimpses too of interesting new animals and peculiar hybrids, but they don't do or say anything novel. The the <laughs> animals don't. The animals and the hybrids don't do or say anything so you're, novel, you're, you're except watching... one does fly a. A fucking spaceship in this movie. So there's that. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, One is, and carries a giant crossbow. He carries a giant crossbow and is like a bounty hunter, like Merc. Like, but yeah, whatever. Um, I'm blown away by what he's attracted to. Like, he sees a Bantha and he's like, I want to watch that. Like, and you know, <laughs> like, I'm right. sorry, there's this space opera that, that we kind of, that, that we have to bother you with in the meantime. <laughs> I'd rather watch Who's on First with Desert Robots. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) For a while, this is funny, as it is doubtless meant to be. Finally, though, we do yearn for something really new. Why, even the best fight is just an old-fashioned duel for all that the swords have laser beams for blades. We yearn for something really new. Yeah. Two robots walking in space. One of them is a trash can whose personality we understand completely. Uh, a giant <laughs> dog, walk- dog piloting a, a spaceship. A dog piloting a spaceship, shooting a giant crossbow. Uh, a giant <laughs> ominous black thing with the craziest, deep, darkest voice that embodies uh, the sense of dread. Laser swords. Uh, things That's- that can, a, a man choking another man to death uh, using just his fingers without actually touching him. Ancient uh, mysterious power that only few know about and can wield that has been lost and forgotten. A spaceship what, the size of a planet that can blow up other planets. 
Right. But what he gets, what he gets that can also travel at the speed of light. Uh, but what, but what he gets stuck, what he gets stuck on is it's just an old duel. It's just there two dudes swinging, a, swinging sticks at each other. And there's no, there's duel. no excitement to it. One of whom, by the way, when the duel ends, doesn't die, just literally vi- disappears and his clothes fall to the floor. That's pretty new. The film doesn't even provide the good-looking hero and heroine of the old Flash Gordon strip. It has nowhere near the romantic invention of, say, Edgar... Yes, Trevor, I see a hand raised. <laughs> the, it doesn't even provide the good-looking hero. Has anyone... Google a picture of Harrison Ford in 1977. No, yeah, I just love that it's like... It, this this review is literally going like not only is there's no wonder and I want something new they're no, ugly yeah there's no hot there's no hot people like the 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 living embodiment of a movie star Harrison Ford like you know what I mean like it's insane they're not ugly they're not they're just they're they're teenagers in the seventies like Leia looks exactly like my mom my mom was the, the same age in nineteen seventy nine like exactly looks like, just my mom is beautiful like they, that's just how people looked in the seventies it's they're great teenagers. any annotation any annotation for the future no where annotation it's like this, nope, I, stand you're gonna by that. you're gonna you're gonna have to bear in mind. There's no annotation for the next few sentences I read you. And this was read out loud to this guy for his reaction. And he had no comment on on what's about to happen here. So you guys guys got to strap in. There's no good-looking hero or heroine of the old Flash Gordon strip. It has nowhere near the romantic invention of, say, Edgar Rice Burroughs' Martian novels. Here, it is all trite characters and paltry verbiage handled adequately by Harrison Ford as a blockade-running starship pilot, uninspiredly by Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, and then in parentheses, uh, Luke for George Lucas, the author-director, Skywalker for his Icarus complex, and wretchedly by Carrie Fisher, who is not even appealing as Princess Leia Organa, and then in parentheses, an organic lay. <laughs> he's 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 <laughs> I mean, we are, we are not on, into... we are not on mute for anyone. <laughs> they, we're not getting room tone right now. Uh, we, we, David, I. <laughs> okay, so so he's like Rorschach ink blot testing the names that George Lucas came up with, mm-hmm. and is applying psychological. Mm-hmm. Suggestions, mm-hmm. and he's that giving, was he's read... giving the etymology of these names out of thin air, and that was read back to be a fly on the wall when that was read back to him in 2017, and have him go like, "Yep, I'll let you know when when I you know there's anything so, I want to retract." So you so you said that they read that back to that reviewer in 2017, and he had no comment on it. He has. There's no annotations there. Uh, okay. I don't know if he said anything at the time or wrote anything at the time. You but... know, they took a long pause and they were waiting for him. Like anything, guys, <laughs> guys, you... we're we're not done. <laughs> we're I, not done. We're not done with this. I just, I just, what I really got stuck on there was handled wretchedly by Carrie yeah. Fisher. The when you first see her, she's standing in front of Darth Vader the embodiment of evil and Moff Tarkin Imperial officer, like the, she's staring at the might of these people. And she goes, I recognized your foul stench when I was brought up just zero fear. When she gets rescued, she's like, Oh, you're a little short to be a stormtrooper." And then as soon as she meets Han Solo, immediately denigrating Han Solo, being like, you are a fucking idiot. Give me that gun. And then she blows a hole in the thing into the garbage chute, flyboy, like immediately takes command of the situation. Like she has more confidence and poise and intelligence than any of these other characters who are riddled with self-doubt and are scared or nervous or don't know what they're doing. You don't get any of that from her. And she was 19 years old one of the great iconic performances in in the history of cinema and completely flips the damsel in distress thing. She's a badass in this movie. Yeah. You got to think that he was just using his brain power in the wrong place. 
Like instead of watching the movie unfold, he was that's sitting what there he was tossing like, around. He was tossing he, around. He was thinking like, wait a minute, these sand people—they've got an Oedipal complex. Like he's he's seeing shit that isn't there and applying yes. that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wretchedly by Leo Organa. Uh, the one exception is Alec Guinness as the grand old man Ben Kenobi. Ben for the Hebrew Ben to make him sound biblical and good. Stop. Wait, Kenobi probably for from cannabis, i.e., has she probably for reasons you can get probably, <laughs> probably from cannabis, Kenobi to cannabis, because as, as <laughs> famously, you know, uh, marijuana often referred to as the Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all know. Oh, yeah, I always I love to get Obi-Wan right before a movie, you know. It's, <laughs> I am bent out of my mind, dude. <laughs> that we should make, we should bring that back. We should, we should totally. Uh... Also, not to be like, is there a? I, I is is Ben a biblical name? Is Benjamin a biblical name? Like, yeah, I, it I, is. I, I, Leia I, also know. is a biblical name or or an old Hebrew name. Well, I don't so speak Luke. He, Luke but... is too. Yeah, I don't speak. Yeah, but Hebrew, no, with but... those, it's it's Icarus, and you know, she's yeah. a good leg. Well, that's, Luke is that's... a self insert. There's zero question about that. Right, zero question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not a name Jeez. that people used. Um, but I love that. Yeah, like, Luke it's, is a to probably be biblical. It's like just call him Abraham then. What interests me about the Hebrew reference here, the guy acknowledging that there's a Hebrew link, is Leia is an old Hebrew name, which means like child of the heavens. I don't speak Hebrew, but I just looked it up recent, uh, to, cause I was curious. And it's like, if you could recognize Ben as a Hebrew link and not see that child of the heavens might have to do more with Leia as a character than an organic lay, like, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, and what does organic now... lay even mean? Don't so, ask. I don't. He, he, he chose not to annotate it, so Next we'll never know. You... This is now reaching full Always Sunny conspiracy gonna... theory meme-like levels where it's yeah. just like, no, if you think about it, because like you're, you're absolutely right. Like All of these are biblical names, but only Ben is the one where it's like, and you know what biblical We name. all know that that's just a, a straight-up biblical connection. But the other ones, that's too obvious. Is It's this, yeah. and it's this over here. Right? You know, it, it's... We are. This is insane. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put in my hinge profile. Looking, you know, it's looking for like long term, short term, just fun. I'm gonna put organic lay. An organic lay. Yeah. And is hopefully, it? You, hopefully, you approve of the Kenobi every now and then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just realizing. Is it an organic lay? Be because there are robots in this movie. Is he saying people like, fuck oh. robots? Not robotic. Per, like person to have no, sex don't, with. No, don't don't be like him. I'm sorry. Don't read. It's don't just I need dig. to understand so, what he wants to know. The whole time he's watching Star Wars, this giant galactic space opera unfolding, good guys versus bad guys. He's thinking, is anybody fucking those robots? Yeah. Is if if he had just started the review with this, he could have saved everybody a yeah. lot of time because yeah. this is the point. If you're saying this out loud, that people start like slowly backing away and leaving the room. Listen, I don't know about a, I don't know about a lot, but I know that that R two D has got a lot of ports. So I'm just, yeah. I'm, just I'm just curious. I'm just asking. Um. Uh... I I'm fascinated to hear what this guy thinks uh, the origin of the name Size Noodles is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want him to break down every Star Wars character's name. What All is right, Bob 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 Baba? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and what do you think of Bib Fortuna? Where's Bosk come from? Boba Fett is clearly Bob's feet. Don't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Sir Alec has a wistful yet weighty dignity of tone and aspect that is all his own. Hundred percent agree. Uh, agree. Why he should waste it on the likes of Luke, whom he befriends, protects, and bequeaths the Force to, remains the film's one mystery. It's not a mystery, because as it's established almost immediately, he knew his father. Oh, that's right. And his, and and his, his father, father was, was a Jedi. And they were good friends, and they served together. Like He's like, your dad was my best friend. So it's not a mystery. But he he's too busy looking at the Death Star, saying that that's a, a metaphor for what his dad's ring used to look like when he used to hit him and just <laughs> yeah, what's going on ah, like oh, the force insane. is ptsd from vietnam that's <laughs> yeah yeah what i'm what i'm glossing over here he acknowledges the set design being compelling and the costumes are good he says that the music is good all all points 
all unlike, unlike kudos the first do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he catches like all that stuff. Um, and he says the cinematography is striking as Gilbert Taylor's work always is. Kudos are due, no, no doubt, to each member of the production staff, which extends to an unprecedented four mimeographed pages. But what you ultimately have is a giant, a set of giant baubles manipulated by an infant mind. Uh, <laughs> and then there is the... Do you guys want to weigh in on that? Because <laughs> I'm not the one who said organic lay, dude. Like, infant mind? That's a great point. That's a really great point. A great <laughs> Let's point. be real. And then there is that distressing thing called the Force, which is not a flat-footed allusion to New York's finest, but Lucas's tribute to something beyond science. Imagination, the soul, God and man. It is what Ben Kenobi passes on to Luke, making the receiver invulnerable, though it hardly protected the giver's skin. Does it ever, do they ever imply that he's... No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Okay, sorry. There's a certain point at which you read this stuff and you're like, did I miss something? Like, yeah. Where I mean, did he, this review is going on longer somebody than was, the movie. Somebody was clearly on the Kenobi while they were watching this yeah. and doing this review. Because there's like, more The force was strong lore. with this guy when he was writing. Yeah. There's more lore in this review than there is in the Star Wars saga at this point. <laughs> it appears in various contradictory and oh, finally. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, 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 Yeah, no, please. The uh the concept of the force. Which is not an allusion to New York's finest. Uh, famously, like, you know, when we think about the NYPD, we think of it, oh, yeah, the force. Like, that's not, an, that's not a, a nickname for the NYPD. Yeah, it's like immediately understood, and not understood, but like as a concept is made apparent in the thing that there is this undercurrent of call it what you want, but like, a, a driving just, thing that that connects us all and it's, i'm trying it's to spiritualism besides him him using the um uh you don't need to see his identification and and the force choke and the end when he's able to shoot the torpedo without um without using his targeting system that's it that that's all of the force that we see it's it, it's not like like, oh, it's this thing that keeps coming in and saving the day and removing any agency for the characters. And none of the characters have to act because this thing keeps interrupting and, and like giving them a, a get out of jail free card. It's not a do es machina. It's not. It appears in uh, uh, the forest we're talking about now. It appears in various contradictory and finally nonsensical guises, a facile and perfunctory bow to metaphysics. I wish that it's... Lucas had had the courage of his materialistic convictions instead of dragging in a sop to a spiritual force the main thrust of the movie so cheerfully ignores. What's your alternative? Again, this is a perfect opportunity. I wish Lucas had stuck to his guns. Great. Explain to us the better version of Star Wars that removes the force. Removes the force. Ex explain is this the if it's... Say, is this the same review where they, he said, uh, I prefer if George Lucas had stuck to the... American what? Graffiti. American Graffiti, thank you. I can't yeah. want to say THX. Yeah, uh, American Graffiti. Is this the same review where he's like, I wish he had stuck to the, the line of uh, the auteur behind American Graffiti. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like, and you know, the whole thing about like it's it's the force is displayed in contradictory terms. In what way? Like, it's it's people manipulating things. Like, it's pretty general. It's pretty broad. And it's very simply done. It's very it's simply very done. Very yeah. sparingly done. It also is, in my opinion, one of the elements of the movie that elevates it beyond just a like battle in space the idea of this like it's a contrast to all of the hyper technology of sci-fi is like and yet there is room in this world for spiritualism and interconnectivity and the use of that and people are attuned to that in a special way um is like a, a, a whole level of depth beyond what anything at this kind of time i think had had ever tried to do you know like and and something that things struggled with 
when they were trying to rip it off like you never see something this profound like something like the force and like this idea that we are all kind of uh part of this you know spirit metaphysical plane on like underlying everything that we do you don't see that shit in like space mutiny (laughs) no It's also, when we talk about the potential of every time a new Star Wars movie comes out, the reason I'll be there opening night excited to see what happens, the the potential of how good it can be comes mainly from the fact that there's so much fun to be had and things to explore with the Force. Yeah. Of course, we you know every movie that comes out, they add like a new thing. There's Force Lightning. There's I can fly through space and, and survive in, in a vacuum. I can heal. And it all kind of starts to collapse in upon itself. But especially after the first movie, I'm like, I'm so excited to to see another exploration of this world to see what is done with this abstract concept yeah. that literally I've only just seen the like the very very yeah. beginning of it's so well, it's so sparingly used to your yeah. to your point yeah. Dave and it's also one of the one of the criticisms I've often heard about particularly Phantom Menace is that um what makes the first Star Wars so magical and special for people is this idea that um, anyone can be a Jedi. Anyone can learn. The Force is in everything. It is everywhere. And anyone can be taught to harness it. And then Phantom Menace sort of takes that away with, well, only if you have midichlorians, right? Yeah. And uh, only You need special can. space bacteria. <laughs> yeah, special space bacteria. Yeah, which then they try to... The, now, like, they in, the, uh, in Ahsoka have tried to, like, retcon a little bit and be like well anybody can do it it's but the midichlorian has more to do with like that's how we can detect who are, who should be trained as jedi does like, ahsoka say at some point she goes like talent helps like she yeah, like, literally yeah, that's it's just, yeah they're, like, tra- okay. they're, they're slowly trying to walk that back and honestly that's a lot of the fun for the later star wars for me is trying to fit stuff in uh that wasn't in the original trilogy like and establishing you know like because it's like Ahsoka was alive during all of the original trilogy. So it's like, where is she? Right. Mm. And they have to try to, you know, they figure that kind of stuff out. But my, my favorite version of that is at the end of Obi-Wan. I'm like, I cannot wait for this grand explanation as to how the fuck, once we get to a new hope, Leia is literally like, I don't you? know you. I've heard that mm-hmm. you fought with my father during the Clone Wars. He desperately needs your help against the Empire. They ran around the yeah. galaxy together and had like yeah. heart to hearts. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. And then just this last scene where he's just like, now, Leia, you need to pretend that we don't know each other because it could be dangerous. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. That's not that's nope. not that's not gonna do it not for me. Enough. But especially yeah. when when it's it's in a private message that you sent via robot, you right, don't yeah. need to pretend there. Right. Like, a robot, yeah. a robot that he claims to not know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that just he, it's yeah, he too pretends much. he's never seen it's a real act that he puts on, I guess, for Luke that yeah. he's never seen. Uh, 3PO or R2 before. Well, it's like the, 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 uh, the idea of, uh, well, he's like, I, I don't remember seeing him to have ever owned a droid. So he's like, yeah. you know, I didn't, he, oh, didn't own, so he gets you know, around. He, yeah, he uh... didn't own R2D2 or 3PO. And then, of course, you know, the, the iconic, like the last line of dialogue in uh, Revenge of the Sith is Bail Organa being like, have the protocol droids mind wiped. So he does, so 3PO doesn't remember it's any just... any of these people or any of these exploits. I always say that it's a testament to how fucking good Alec Guinness is because he didn't have Lucas did not come to him and go like, all right, so three movies from now, here's what's going to happen. And then decades from now, you're going to have all this in your head. Like Lucas did not know any of that shit and explain any of that shit to Alec Guinness, but his ability to stare off and go like, I was once a Jedi and I like your father. Like you see all yeah. that subtext and you can add all of the stuff that we add later, all when of he, the story, all of the saga. When, when he says to Luke, he like kind of looks off and he, uh, and he's talking about Anakin and he's like, he was the best stuff out in the galaxy. And then he goes, and he was a good friend. And just and then the emotion of that, and then what, and then we see the journey that they go on, Obi Wan mm-hmm. and Anakin. Like, 
the way that he's able, without having any knowledge of how good of friends they were for him to be like, and he was a good friend. Like just the way, oh, it's so great. You can hang so much of the story that comes next on the way Alec Guinness crushes it with, he's he's thinking about fucking lunch. He's yeah. like, when is the catering going to get here? This desert is fucking hot. I've got sand in my underwear. Like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, this private stories of him and, like, the interviews where yeah, he's he like, it was I'm doing yeah. some dumb, like, you know, science fiction picture. Is this really where my career is? Right. Like, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, like Michael Caine. It's like Michael Caine in Jaws 4, where he was like, I got paid a bunch of money to live in the Bahamas for three months. Yeah. It bought my yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's still, like, even phoning it in, crushes it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. But also, and all of this conversation we just had stems from the guy being like, this force is used inconsistently and contradictorily. It's like, fuck off. Just yeah. three times, and and all of them kind of make sense within each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can affect people. Like, that's really what it is. You can affect yeah. people and things around you. It's yeah, whatever. Uh, we got one more sentence, and it it sticks the landing in the way that only these reviews ever do. Still, Star Wars will do very nicely for those lucky enough to be children or unlucky enough to have never grown up. Yeah, oh, bro. God. Yeah, bro. It's a yeah. children's movie. If, That's the if, thing about all of Star Wars. All these criticisms that we all have about how disappointing Force Awakens is, or how annoying Rise of Skywalker is, or how they don't do anything with the casino planet in The Last Jedi, and how the opening crawl for Phantom Menace starts with the, the, the rant about taxation, like, uh, and Jar Jar Binks. It's because they're fucking children's movies. If if growing up means that I'm gonna become you. Who's right. who's reading organic lay and thinking that the Star Destroyer is like like a euphemism for his small penis? Like if that's <laughs> what growing up is to you, then yes, I'm very much glad that I am not going to look at the world the way that you do. Right. Uh, as, as we I have it, here. we have an annotation to that that uh, that dig. Good. You're gonna love it. And he apologizes in three, two. <laughs> My feeling was always that out of all the movies that opened during a year only a small number would be of genuine lasting interest. This is true of musicals and theater as well. Whenever some normal sort of thing establishes itself, there will be imitators and imitators of imitators and so on for generations. What one would hope is that people eventually tire of a trend, no matter what it is, but that doesn't seem to have happened. This can't be helped because only a very small fraction of the public can be said to be really intelligent, let alone intellectual. Oh, so there isn't much for that kind of viewer. Never has been, never will be. Dave's reaction just to that was <laughs> unbelievable. Just um, two big middle fingers to you, you dorks out there. Basically, that. basically, what he's saying is like there's a very few select group of actually intelligent people in this country and i'm only interested in the cinema that appeals to those mm -hmm. everyone else you fucking i you, yeah you, i you, consider you myself off to count past 10 <laughs> you can keep your content <laughs> i consider myself to be of the intellectual elite now let me explain to you why these characters all sound like sex names <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to me, this is a guy who can't take an L. <laughs> he just can't. Like, this is like, like I want to see this guy at home when his wife is like, you know, honey, did you take out the trash? And he's like, absolutely. And then she looks and sees the trash in the in the kitchen. Is like, you didn't take yeah. out the trash. And he goes, what even really is that? In fact, right. tra trash is Latin for Jezebel. Toxic. Honey, do we want to talk about that? Just toxic gaslighting masculinity. But yeah. yeah, I really, I will say, just to put put a, a bow on my thoughts on this i respect the hell out of anyone who goes it was trash then and it's trash now yes. i don't care how many people love this movie yeah. i thought it was garbage <laughs> and i stand by that and i think anyone who likes this is an, is infantile uh, uh, and he went i thought that i thought that then and i think it right now and i don't care how the world has changed this is my thought on this thing all righty we've got uh, time for our very special segment, uh, Yay! Two Reviews and a Lie. This is, <laughs> Trevor, this is where 
I've pulled two modern day one star uh, user reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and written a third of my own. And it's your job to guess which are two true reviews and which one is the one I made up. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. This is so much fun. Okay. Uh, I hope I, I hope I really get you guys on this one. I'm curious. Okay. All right. All caps. This sucks. Never, ever, ever watch this. You'll regret it. A truly terrible film. And then now we're out of caps. We're done yelling. <laughs> the script, drivel, the, pro the plot, utter nonsense, the acting, pathetic. The whole thing was boring and awful. Are these about Star Wars? Yeah, these yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are they watching the same movie as this? <laughs> uh okay. Here's number 2. This makes lightsabers boring. I wish I hadn't watched the first 3 episodes before this. Those fights are better. Chewbacca is the best thing the best part of the movie though, and also when DV choke slams someone with the force. That's, okay. that's All that right. review. All right. <laughs> the beginning was slow, spending too much time with the droids. Only picked up until much later. The acting was below average most scenes. The lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Vader had me laughing out loud and not in a good way. Sound effects and music were great. However, I felt the music didn't fit the tone of certain scenes playing. Han is the best part of the movie. All right. I, I, we, this is kind of the giveaway for me is like the first one, the word drivel is a very sophisticated word. <laughs> There's a certain sweet for... spot with writing these, Trevor. You've got to yeah, learn how yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that was, uh, that was actually kind of my feeling as well. Uh, yeah. Well, what, especially when you were like, this is all caps. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, the first one for me in the context the... of the other two, because like for the second one, like that's just a guy who, uh, who didn't do the machete order right and so i was yeah. disappointed now to get to what is now the fourth one uh so uh which is a very common trope and criticism so yeah mm -hmm. my feeling is like yeah i think the it's either one or three is the fake one for me but i'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards one. one i'm leaning towards I'm one i'm gonna say well. one you both say one yes yeah i wrote number two no way! Oh, that was the one that great. rang most true to me. Yeah, so, I, be so, I became uh, the non-machete viewer. So there's That's a fantastic. dude. So there's a dude who's like, this all has to be in caps. Now, out of caps, I'm going to use the word drivel. <laughs> I, I, uh, you, and you said these were like contemporary reviews like as in people recently saw star wars for the yeah i wouldn't say like they, they were written in the last year like, but they're written like you know yeah, since the last rotten five, tomatoes yes since rotten tomatoes was a thing yeah wow uh, imagine be, imagine being an adult in 2023 uh and watching star wars for the first time and then hating it so much that you go to your computer and open rottentomatoes.com and create an account and leave a review yeah. someone like, needs to is, know about this. that is incel behavior <laughs> <laughs> i think wow. that we've done a really great job of kind of getting to the crux of it like you literally can either enjoy the the wonder and the majesty that that star wars gives you in spades or you're just the kind of person where th there isn't a version of Star Wars that's going to appeal to this person. Yeah. It is going to be a kind of thing where they're like, this is absolute bullshit. I can't have my childhood again. So nobody can. And and I think, I mean, unless you guys are wrong and you think that these reviews are have, have turned you around. Uh, I mean, was there, yeah. Was there I mean, any... I don't uh, know if you... Yeah, I, I secretly, uh, you know, I was always kind of on the fence about Star Wars in the first yeah. place, uh, and now this really, really, <laughs> really tipped me into hating it. For, for they yeah. should put, they should yeah. frame this review in the tattoo parlor, so anyone who wants to get a Star Wars tattoo reads the review first and goes, "Well, this changes everything." Yeah, yeah. before you buy, you must know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's, you take it's, the sci-fi and Star Wars away from Star Wars, what you're left I'll tell is you just what, a movie. I'll tell you what it has done is it's really uh, tipped me into just having zero respect for the concept of a film reviewer. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I've lost a lot of respect, you know, oh, rest mean. in peace, Roger Ebert, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's just the psychology of, of bring the, bring the movie to me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like that just like, 
the the modern era, the YouTube generation, you actually get to see someone put as sometimes as much effort into the review yeah. as it seems like they made in making the movie, sure. which at least even if I don't agree, I'm like you at least did some work you at least came at this with the right mindset to show look no 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 no, i'm bringing receipts i'm gonna explain what they should have done they could have gone in this direction and it's a very different thing in my brain that happens when i disagree with them because i'm at least acknowledging you you and i could have a conversation about this and at least be on the same planet yeah yes i also think that the immediate i've said this before uh not to you know, repeat myself, but the immediate feedback of modern reviews on say YouTube or TikTok or wherever you do them, the fact that people can immediately comment and you as a content creator immediately see them is so different than the level of removal that these writers had yeah. that they were able to just kind of from their position, like cast down a movie as bad without getting feedback being like here's all the things you missed here's and and like you don't and like they didn't need to explain their thinking just saying like i found this movie uninspired that was a sufficient like thought process back then i feel like mo movie reviews now or reviews of anything really need to have receipts you need to explain here's what's wrong here's why it would have been better if they did this here's here's my proof that this would have made it better uh, and you can turn me around. Yeah. You can legit turn me around. Yeah. It's just a different I, world. I, I also feel like I wonder if it would benefit people if, uh, like, they they had to watch a movie three times before they could review it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would that would have helped. Yeah, like, like wait a week. Because, like, I remember, like, you know, with the new Indiana Jones, my immediate reaction out of the theater was, like, that was a lot of fun. And then within 24 hours, I was like, I hate this movie. You know, the, like, the, it well, just the mold starts growing on your memory of it, and you're like, yeah. nothing. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, this has been uh, it's been phenomenal, Trevor. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Trevor Ford on all uh, social media platforms. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Threads. I just got on Blue Sky this past Ooh. week, so psyched about that. Obviously on uh, on Instagram, uh, and I do uh, I forgot to mention this last time. I have my own podcast coming called Barely Hanging On. Uh, my friend James and I, who is an actor in New York, uh, you know, life is often uh, hard and sometimes it feels like you're hanging on by your fingernails. And so we get together and we talk about the things that keep us hanging on. We talk about awesome. things. Sometimes it's things like Star Wars. Sometimes it's the absolute glee of Eric Adams being found for corruption. And, you know, uh, <laughs> what you know, whatever uh, it happens to be that's just tickling us that gets us through the week. So uh, that, that'll be uh, coming soon. That's great. The reviewer who who we just read needs to be on your podcast. Uh, we, I, have, <laughs> I, I need to time. find yeah. out, yeah. you know, what yeah. makes this guy hang on. Uh, uh, I'm Dave Colombo. You can find me at davecolombo.com, uh, at DVD Colombo on Instagram, Dave Colombo on TikTok. Uh, this has been awesome. Give us a like on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Comment uh, your own review uh, uh, for, for these movies and tell us what we should do next because this was... Oh, but I need a nap. I need a shower nap after that. That was amazing. So yes. on that um, note, real quick recommend. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, uh, check us out. And until next time, this has been uh, Off the Mark. <laughs>